Today is Tuesday, March 18th, 2014, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and today is a very important day in the world. Back in 1982, Medjugorje visionary Mariana, who was the one who received the second of the month message from Our Lady, received her, stopped receiving her daily apparitions. In the course of that apparition, Our Lady promised to appear to her on March 18th for the rest of her life. It's... Um, Incidental that March 18th is Mariana's birthday. However, Our Lady has never made a mention that the date of March 18th had something to do with Mariana's birthday. And a friend of Medjugorje has always maintained that March 18th is a very special day for the future. And uh, just recently, Mariana has also confirmed this as well. So March 18th is a date that we will know uh, in the future something more uh, important uh, about March 18th. So uh, so again, uh, that's the significance of this day. Our Lady also gave a message today on the mountain, and uh, tonight a friend of Medjugorje will be sharing with us new insights uh, into this message that we received from Our Lady today. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. This is a special show, not the normal, because it's not the 25th or the 2nd or Medjugorje, but it's significant that we have it and talk about it and stop long enough to pause and reflect on Our Lady giving a message. And I've been in Medjugorje many times, many years ago through these messages, and many, many times beautiful things have happened. I know one time in the Yellow Building when Marie, Mariana used to have her apparitions there, she, after the apparition, told Father Slavko that she was worried about all the people there. She said, those poor people on the knees for so long. She thought the apparition... For them, for us who were kneeling there, and I was looking, I was in front of her, was several hours. Because in the apparition, she felt that. And it was an extraordinary thing because it was only six or seven minutes. But for her, she experienced out of time, of Earth's time, that she was with Our Lady for hours. And even though she was looking at Our Lady, talking to her, and conversing, and listening, and seeing her pray over us and all the people, she's thinking, how can these people be kneeling this long? She knew she was getting supernatural strength. So right there in front of us, we see things that are hard to describe, hard to grasp in our way of seeing things, and yet it's hard for her to even grasp because she felt hours that already appeared to her. When Maria came here in 1988 and donated her kidney to her brother, 
Our lady told her the next day at the oper- operation that she would be there with her. And indeed, Our Lady was. And she hoovered over Our Lady during the, or rather, Our Lady appeared over Maria during the operation with her apparition. And Maria said it seemed like she was with her for two hours, which was the endurance of the operation. And so we have our mother watching over the earth the same way. Maybe guiding the doctor's hands in that case and making sure everything went well. But we have a sick, sick earth. We have a sick, sick mankind that flourishes across the world in his own way, his own boat, his own direction, his own system. And she's watching over it 24-7. She physically comes to the earth in a transfigured body, in the same body that Jesus appeared on Mount Tabor when Peter, James, and John saw him with Elijah and Moses and said not to say anything. Our Lady goes to Mount, or Chris Mount, Chris Vac, Cross Mountain in Medjugorje, appears there in 1960, or rather 1986, and says, you are on a Tabor where you receive blessings that you can carry back to your families. Bring this blessing back to your homes. We're living in incredible, wondrous times. The message we got today, the special message, the extraordinary, the extra apparition out of the normal apparition, is significant. And I'll continue something in there that's fascinating that she began with the beginning of the year. So she's preparing us for something. We can't feel necessary urgency in there. But yet Our Lady is foretelling something and she keeps repeating it to us, as you'll hear now. Mariana's annual March 18th, 2014 message from the Queen of Peace in Medjugorje. Dear children, as a mother, I desire to be of help to you. With my motherly love, I desire to help you to open your heart and to put my son in the first place in it. Through your love for my son and through your prayer, I desire for God's light to illuminate you and God's mercy to fill you. In this way, I desire for the darkness and the shadow of death, which wants to encompass and mislead you, to be driven away. I desire for you to feel the joy of the blessing of God's promise. You, children of man, you are God's children. You are my children. Therefore, my children, set out on the ways on which my love leads you, teaches you humility and wisdom, and finds the way to the Heavenly Father. Pray with me for those who do not accept me and do not follow me. Those who, because of hardness of their hearts, cannot feel the joy of humility, devotion, peace, and love, the joy of my Son. Pray that your shepherds, with their blessed hands, may always give you the joy of God's blessing. Thank you. Our Lady blessed everyone present 
and all the religious articles brought for blessing. Mariana noted that when Our Lady spoke the sentence, In this way I desire for the darkness and the shadow of death, which wants to encompass and mislead you, to be driven away, some kind of a shadow of gray was seen. When Our Lady continued the next sentence, I desire for you to feel the joy of the blessing of God's promise, the grayness disappeared. Words that are amazing we've never heard Our Lady say before. I desire for you to feel the joy of the blessing of God's promise. We've heard that before, and she's been repeating that since January. Several occasions she has said about the promise, a blessing, as you might receive a blessing. But what is this promise we keep hearing her talking about? The other thing that was interesting, I said, is I desire for the darkness and the shadow of death, which wants to encompass and mislead you to be driven away. Putin, the leader of Russia, with a stroke of a pen today, on March 18th, just took part of the Ukraine, Crimea. He just took it. Signed it into part of Russia. And nobody did anything. Nobody said anything. Very few reports are out there. And it's amazing. Just like Hitler before World War II. What's coming? What kind of shadow of death is there? What kind of darkness that only wants to drive away? And we're misled by the ways of the world and our occupations, what we're doing, and we don't even skip a beat with a serious, serious thing. The Ukrainian is, is filled with God's people. I've told you I've been there. And Russia just takes it because it's strategic. They're strategically important to them, they said. Putin said this in English. I heard the clip. Well, why don't we just go take Cuba? Would that make news? Would that be a big deal? Would there be a world outcry about how can we do something like that? And they take it because they know it's filled with resources and oil and a port on the Black Sea. And nobody is doing, oh, sanctions? It's a joke. It's an amazing thing that the headline news is a missing airplane. Add that to the ingredients, what does that start telling you? People have all kinds of theories. There's a new book out called Disinformation. That book is written and put together with a professor from Mississippi. I don't remember his name. I just started the book. But also the highest intelligence officer that ever defected from the KGB and the intelligence of Russia. And he said of their spy programs and what they did with the military, the greatest army and uh, numbers of people they had outnumbering everything, even the military, was people who was working with disinformation. They could do more with disinformation, changing things and making truth different, making people believe something that wasn't, than they could do on the battlefields. The more gain that they could make by having spies out wherever they might be, across the country, across the world. And of all the great military battles, he attributes the greatest strides they made was this. He has a $2 million price on his head for 
he's he's actually here under in the United States, a proud American who's who's been once have given private a secret identity. They don't like what he's doing, what he's saying. But he's exposing in this book disinformation, which from what I read already is going to be a recommended book, to help you understand where's this airplane stuff coming from? Who put the airplane out? Or who took it down? Or who did whatever they did to it? And why is it superior to news with 300 people when they took a whole portion of a country away? That's in the backstages of the news. Yes, there may be something on the headlines here or there. Where is the outcry? Do we not see what happened when Austria was taken? Poland was taken? And we think this is no big deal? What about when Russia went up several years ago while Bush Jr. was still president that they stuck a flag under the Arctic claiming ground there? Nobody did anything about it. So what are they going to say 20 years from now? Well, we can do it all here. We can take this land. I desire for the darkness and the shadow of death which wants to encompass and mislead you to be driven away. And Fatima, if you don't consecrate Russia, she'll spread her errors throughout the world. It's sticking its ugly head back up. And nobody's thinking about this. Nobody sees the harm about it. Our Lady said, you're deaf and blind and do not see which way the world's going. Our Lady's words. A couple of years ago. What are we thinking, people? So this book, Disinformation, you need to do that to see and understand. Is this plain and it's on the headline news everywhere? It's everything you read about and we're preoccupied with that? Is this part of the disinformation of their intelligence? Let's take a plane, knowing we're going to be taken four days later, five days later, part of the country. They didn't come up on a whim and say, oh, let's decide today we'll just take it. They plan things. They think things through. What do we got to have? Just Trayvon Martin. That was a cover-up. A total cover-up from March 16th, 2012, when Obama took incredible power no president has ever had to an executive order over everything, the seas, the water, the environment. And nobody reported the March 16th executive order. And then we have the Benghazi thing. And nobody even can tie that in as a cover-up for the election being stolen because they don't see things with wisdom. They're so disinformation and so twisted and so misled. Actually, I said that. Which wants to encompass and mislead you. You're misled. You do not understand Benghazi was nothing but a cover-up to be gauged and it let it be in the media big time or small. They could turn it off like a faucet. If ever I got too close to looking at how this election was really won. And nobody brings this up. I saw it before it happened, and I still believe it after it happened. But nobody sees it. So Benghazi was misinformation. They needed that to distract you. They need the airplane, perhaps, even if it's a real thing, or either it was staged and planned to do this, so they'd have this story to cover up what they were going to do a few days later. Darkness wants to encompass you. An amazing thing. We're living in something incredible. We have the Virgin Mary right here telling us all these things and then coming to us about a blessing of God's promise. What is this promise? What is she speaking of? You pick up your morning papers, you read everything they want you to know, everything they want you to believe, everything they want you to be misled by. All the headlines make it clear. The world's changing. 
We knew this day was coming. We can see this happening. The world is warning itself, even if it's dif- even in the disinformation it gives to us through these systems, especially of Russia. They invented this. I started the book yesterday. It's fascinating. I knew all this. I understand you can't believe the news. You can't believe anything you're seeing. You can't believe CNN. You can't believe even Fox. Because everybody's touched by it. And they, they bring it to so much that everybody will expound these things as truth and actually revise history. And you have to have these heroes who come up and defect and sit there and say, I love America and I want to let people know about these to go back to those who really are the history makers who are part of it. And so one thing we know is coming is a promise that God's coming back. Jesus is coming back. All creation is calling this. We're yearning for it. The earth cries out to God, do something for us, heal us. At least says, don't be encompassed and misled by the darkness, the shadow of death. We're entangled by the trappings of this world. Everybody's restless. And yet a lady's coming to bring and make us grow stronger every single day. Our hearts are yearning to see what awaits us.
I'd like you to... to speak on what you think Our Lady is saying all these last months, really since the beginning of the year, this blessing of God's promise. It's, a, it's an exciting thing to see Our Lady emphasizing this month after month. What is it that you see is this promise that she is wanting us to be thinking of during this time. Our Lady has said this, something similar to what I remember when she kept speaking about a plan for years. Before 1987, she spoke about the plan. She says, the plan that God and I have, God and I have the plan of my son. Pray that Satan doesn't hinder my plans. Many messages, or several messages, not many, but several messages kept referring to this plan. And I was looking in the messages. I never saw what this plan was. But I was very intrigued about what is the plan. And so I searched. I looked. Then she come up and say that, pray that my plans may be realized. So what was the plans? Medjugorje had not metamorphosed and had not matured to enough for us to even see that. And then our lady changes and makes a big, sudden, radical change in Medjugorje, which brings attention to something. Because when you go through a sameness of the messages for the first couple of three, to, for 81 to 84, you see just the visionaries and answering questions and talking about this and that and helping even on individual cases where something may happen personally to a family. Building a relationship with the visionaries and intrigue with the parish. And then she changes on the Thursday messages, and this continued from 84 to 1987. And right before 1987, right at the end of the year, 86, actually, we did Thursday messages, and I think it was January 8th was the last Thursday message. And she says, I will no longer, she says, the time is coming now when what my Lord wanted is almost is fulfilled. I thought it was in the apparitions when I read that. I remember standing, I can picture where I was. I know where I was in Center Point on across the other side of town where our first office was for Curitas. And I was like, wow, we're just getting started and the apparition's over. Because she said, when she said fulfilled, I, look, I read that as, and we all did, as it's the over. It's fulfilled. Everything's the plan's done. I think that was January 8th, if I remember, 1987. She says, I will no longer give you mess, um, messages. I will give you less messages, I think the message said. And I will give you only on the once each month, on the 25th. So then we go to January 25th, 1987, and she makes a proclamation. She says it as a queen. She says something really strong. She says, dear children, behold. Sounds like a herald. It sounds like something before the king. I'm about to say something important. Pay attention to me. So we got the significance of the change of the Thursday messages, the fulfillment of what she's trying to get planned, and then also it changes from Thursday to the 25th once a month. So we, she had our, our attention. And then the first words was, Behold, she wants us to listen to what she's saying. And she goes on and says, As, Behold, start living my message today. Behold, is today, start living my, my messages as of today, she repeats herself twice. It's kind of an awkward sentence in the way she said it. That's not the exact words. But then she goes on and talks about 
the plan, something I'd been waiting for, something I'd been watching for. I wanted to see what she said. So she says, Dear children, behold, also today I want to call you to start living a new life as of today. I thought the village had been living a new life. I was amazed at these words that she was given. And then she goes on and says, Dear children, I want you to comprehend that God has chosen each one of you to use you in a great plan. And there she reveals it. And so she talks about this promise, just like she talked about the plan. She never revealed the promise. We, at least we think she hasn't revealed it. We wonder what it is. What is she saying? But here in this January 25th, 87 message is the first time she did reveal it. She says, chosen each one of you in order to use you in a great plan. And the plan was what? For the salvation of mankind. That's a pretty big plan. That's a pretty big deal. I was really excited. I thought, wow. This is big. Medjugorje is bigger than what I thought. A great plan for the salvation of mankind. The whole world. This took this into a category for me. Hey, this is where I can just dedicate my whole life to this. Which I already had at that point. But it was reinforcement. It strengthened my faith that I made the right decision. And so what is our lady talking about? Promise. What is she looking at? We have her saying on August 27, 1981... On this day, the visionaries again asked something regarding the sign. You know what he says? She says, very soon, I promise you. Promise you what? They asked a question regarding the sign. She says, very soon, I promise you. This is exciting stuff. This should make goosebumps on your arm because today she says, I desire for you to feel the joy of the blessing of God's promise. Yaakov said that even the highest in society will run up to the, to the sign on the mountain. In Peter, Second Peter, chapter 3, it says, The Lord did not delight, the Lord does not delay his promise, as some regard delay. But he is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Wow. You know what it says in the scriptures? In Genesis 48? When the time approached for Israel to die, the man he called his son Joseph and said to him, quote, If you really wish to please me, put your hand under my thigh as a sign of the constant loyalty to me. Do not let me be buried in Egypt. What's important in this is, is the word sign. If you really wish to please me, put your hand under my thigh as a sign. The, the, the correct word there is as a promise. But promise biblically, is interchanged with sign. Sign and promise is the same thing. That's why on August 27th, when our lady was asked, on this day the visionaries again asked something about regarding the sign. I, I, very soon I will promise you. In other words, I sign you. I promise you the sign. October 10th, 1981, our lady says, in regards to the sign, it's up to you to pray and persevere. I made promises to you. 
On October 17, 1981, this is all in the beginning, on the sign again, she says, it is mine to realize the promise. Keep in mind as we say that, jumping from 1981, 32 years later, to March 18, 2014, almost 32 years later, Ali says, I desire today, today, Ali says, I desire for you to feel the joy of the blessings of God's promise. Can you imagine the real sign that's going to appear on the mountain in Medjugorje? That no ornaments can destroy it? It'll give proof of the apparitions? As an Ali says, here today, also pray with me for those who do not accept me and do not follow me, those who, because of hardness of their hearts, cannot feel the joy of humility, devotion, peace, and love. And here she says, I want you to feel the joy of the blessing of God's promise, the joy of seeing the sign. And the purpose of the sign is to show those who have not converted, those who are the hardness of heart, who cannot feel the joy, as she told us, feel the joy of the blessing of God's promise, that this sign may humble them, may cause them devotion and peace and love. But I also said earlier in the days that it'd be too late for many. Don't wait for the sign. On October 26, 1981, Ali says, you are, not, you are not to ask me any more questions on the subject of the sign. Do not be afraid. It will surely appear. I carry out my promises. Biblically, in the Genesis, where it says sign about the thigh, the promise to Israel, that's interchangeable. I carry out my promises. You can say, I carry out my sign. Incredible. Our Lady said, April 21st, April 21st, 1982, be patient. Everything is developing according to God's plans. His promises will be realized. June 24th, 1982. Wait with patience for the realization of our promises. Everything is unfolding according to God's plan. June 23rd, 1982. May they be patient and wait for the promise of God. In the beginning of 1983, Yellen was asking about the authenticity of the apparitions for the six visionaries. She wanted to know different things about them and asked our lady actually about this and how come she couldn't have it? How come she didn't receive this? She asked about the dates of the sign that she had promised to send. And that's how it's recorded in Words from Heaven, about the date of the sign which she promised to send, both the sign and promises together. Our Lady responded to Yella, Yellen, pardon me, but you cannot know it. It is a special gift for them, speaking of the six visionaries. You have to believe it like all the others. December 2nd, 2010, Our Lady says, You cannot go forward without my son. When you comprehend and accept this, what was promised to you would be realized. And there's many other messages Our Lady speaks about this sign. But also she's promised something else. The three secrets. And a part of the three secrets, one of them is a sign on the mountain. So that means we have to take God's promise, the promises God makes, realize. So there's an S to it. There's other promises. The sign is a big thing. It's interchangeable with the word promise. And so when we read in Second Peter, the Lord does not delay his promise as some regard delay, but he is patient with you, 
not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Is that not amazing? Because our lady's coming here to repent, a cause to repentance, to reconcile us with God. And so with the sign comes chastisements or admission, admonitions, which is a friendly reminder of who, what someone does who loves somebody. And we know how God corrects. We might not say he's a friend when he corrects, but he is because he don't want the world to go astray. But Second Peter's amazing when it says this because it's talking about the promise, delay his promise, in regards to people not perishing so that they have time to convert. There's been great revivals throughout history. And in these revivals, when they take place and they happen, it's the supernatural action of God in which he manifests his presence to his people, calling them back to him. Throughout history, we've seen this. There was two great Protestant revivals in, in the 1800s. We've seen them in the Catholic Church through the saints. Christianity experiences this. People have an experience in which they see the state of the souls, what the sins have caused. We're seeing this now. Our Lady's calling us to this. Repeatedly, she's saying these things to give us time to repent. God then will unite his people through adversity. We're experiencing adversity right now through the government, through everything that's going, going against us. Actually, the fruit of our sins. But this is healthy because this adversity leads man to reconcile with God, then with his brother, his neighbor, and we had even newspapers, it's a phenomenon they write about, that in, in adversity, when man sees these things and a revival happens, they start reporting items that they stole, stolen, they gave it back, they report cheating to IRS. This is recorded and documented. And so when man's reconciled with God, there's a great desire for holiness in their lives. Their lives are transformed. They change. And this change of conversion lasts their entire life. Our Lady says conversion is a process that lasts your entire life. And what follows everybody is an irresistible drive and desire to bring people to Jesus. You see a great many people from every church become missionaries. They begin planting churches all over the place. Many non-believers convert and become Christians. In other words, they survive because revivals revive the church. But they often also prepare God's people for coming chastisement. We've seen this in the past. In 1735, there was a great awakening that took place called the Great Revival. Founding fathers like John Adams and our other founding fathers all believe these things. And they said it was a great awake, that if this great awakening, awakening did not happen, America never would have been born. Can you imagine that? This is their thinking. We're not changing history. This is in the history books. They believe this. This is in their writings. And we see a great awakening right now with Our Lady happening, taking place. And what's going to come from all this adversity that unites us and then going to lead us to what? What they experienced before the American Revolution. What Rav did was unite the people under God. Many founding fathers believed this to be true and were personally affected by these events. They believed their events of the 1830s, a second great awakening took place, and had the same results, resulted in a civil war, just 30 years or so afterwards. 
Many people perished, but many souls were saved from eternal fire because they had been saved through revival. And so we see this parallel happening right now, the exact same thing. You see all these people in the Ukraine that don't want to be part of Russia. They're praying now. They're concerned. A lot of people are. And so with these things taking place, we see this happening. And it's all a movement of God to unite us through this adversity, bring us to conversion, and preparation for what's coming in the world. And all he's talking about this promise, the promise of the signs. But with the sign and the physical manifestation of the sign on the on, on Apparition Mountain comes the two chastisements. And we've been going 30, to 32 years of revival, 32 years of conversion. It all adds up. It all adds up with history. It adds up with how God promises things and how he's come in the past. And it's incredible. It's, it's beyond incredible. When I read this today, I was just amazed that we've seen January or February in March, this promise keep coming up. And really, it's putting us all in the same boat. Everybody's uniting together. What they feel, we feel. People who are in the Medjugorje world, what they, when they laugh, we laugh. When they're sad, we sad. They break, we break. When we cry, we hurt. We hurt for each other. It's a uniting a brotherhood of something, experiencing something that you can go to anybody with Medjugorje and they've been in it for a while, you can stay in their home. You wouldn't stay in your next-door neighbor's house. We just got back up from Ohio. The people we meet, we already know through our mother. We don't have to go through formalities or be um, uncomfortable or think, feel like we're out of place. It's a natural thing. And I go anywhere in the world, and you're right at home. Because you have so much of shared history through the messages that really you're underneath the mother, and you're like brothers. It's that simple. Because love that, does that. Love can change, and change is love, and this is what it calls us to. Because love is you, love is me. Once we understand this, the message is this, we become one people. When you feel, I feel. When you smile, I smile. When you laugh, I laugh too. When you break, I break. When you cry, I cry. When you hurt, I hurt too. When you're weak, I'll be your strength. When you're lost, I'll help you find the way. It takes us all to make the world go round. Takes coming together, not backing down in times of yeah, I believe After all, we're all the same We all need love and love can change Love can change Change is love and love is you Our tomorrow better than yesterday So you sing and I'll sing We'll all sing together Together in harmony Let your voice rise above All the noise And let's show them what we're made of 
would do something different in the apparition, and today's apparition was like that. When our Mar- Mariana, in the middle of the apparition, sees some kind of shadow of gray appear in the apparition, and that grayness disappear when Our Lady speaks about the blessing of God. And, you know, my question is, why does she want to emphasize this in such a way? Well, it's, it's a turbo message. It's, it's something that adds to the word she wanted to... It's like Maria says, when Our Lady says love, she feels love. When Our Lady is saying something bold, she feels this boldness from Our Lady. Or when she says, um, you know, I've made my decision, or in, in the context of a message that she's given in the past, they feel her decisiveness. Her words have power behind them. And this physical manifestation during the apparition is just the same thing. Except it's external from her, her hearing this in, being, in her inner being as a visionary. That normally what Maria describes and how she says she receives these messages audibly and musically. And within her whole being, she, it thunders inside of her. She feels it. And yet she sees her, speaks it and breathes it. And so these are significant things. It's not reported. And these things slip by often, which have great importance to the history of the apparitions. And that's why we pay attention to details. This was not released with this detail. We had it especially translated. And it's a great loss because there's several times things have happened that wasn't transmitted, and that's why we like to be on site. And so when afterwards it was translated this, quote, in this way, I desire for the darkness and the shadow of death, which wants to encompass and mislead you to be driven away, some kind of shadow of gray was seen. When Our Lady continued the next sentence, I desire for you to feel the joy of the blessing of God's promise, the greatness disappeared. Many people will convert through the three secrets, and many people will believe in the apparitions anew because many people have grown cold in Medjugorje. Many people need conversion in Medjugorje. I need conversion. 
When I go there and I see that, and you see that, I scour that mountain repeatedly and see that, what will you feel? You won't feel nothing but joy and sorrow and lamentations for what you didn't put. You're going to feel, it's going to be mixed emotions. What you should have done and didn't want to, our lady said. And so we have to give her all. We have to give her being. She, it's her words. February 25th, 88, sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. Do you understand what you've been asked to do? I fail that. Do you fail that? Yes, you do. All of us do. But the more you fulfill it, fulfill that, the more happy you'll be. What I know is that our lady has said these words. What I know is our lady is telling us that God's real. He's your father. Repeatedly, she says this. This is the truth, knowing that God is real, that God can lead us, teaching us humility and wisdom to the Father. Through all this, I've got to hold on to that because I, this is what I know. I know there's going to be a sound. I believe that. I don't have any doubt. And then we'll be able to feel the joy of humility, devotion, peace, and love because we know that our God is real. And he's not some distant being, not something so exalted that it's unapproachable. And we won't have to have worry, worry by doing that develop hardened hearts, which so many people have done that so. And we can look at him as a living father, a heavenly father. Finds a way to the heavenly father, Ali said today. And so we're in opposition in some ways in our walk in conversion. That we're to pray with Our Lady, she says, pray with me for those who do not accept me and do not follow me. Those who, because of hardness of their hearts, cannot feel the joy of humility, devotion, and peace and love, the joy of my son. We're going to see something. We're going to experience something. And she's saying the blessing of God's promise. How wonderful, how beautiful that what we know is coming to be. been another day when it seems like faith eludes me everything's been so confusing fear got the best of me now i'm lying here worried about tomorrow cause the weight of everything i don't know is so heavy i can't sleep but the truth remains the same even when I don't know what to pray But what I know is you my God are real No matter how I feel You've never let me go And what I know is there will never be a day You aren't just a breath away And through it all I've got a Fist in the air demanding answers But in spite of all the questions I'm still giving you my life And if it doesn't turn out like I think it should It doesn't change the fact you're always good Your ways are higher than mine And the truth remains the same Even when I don't know what to pray, the what I need. 
you have been waging for many years that I would say you're out there alone. I very rarely hear anybody commenting on this, and this is the change in our language that's constantly being used, in particular, minusing out man, mankind, brothers, in, because it excludes women, excludes children, and you see this as a, an agenda that is being done on purpose, and yet Our Lady does not follow that agenda. And she said very clearly today, you children of man. So I know that this struck you hard in seeing that, that Our Lady did not follow the agenda that the world is following. I'd like you to comment about that. Well, it's a consolation. Because it is a war. Everybody should be raging this war. Everything you write, you should never write he, she. Never. This is part of the disinformation. They're going to now with the letter S slash slash H-E, which really spells she. So we go from, we, get, we ride to that from he, she, he or she. Then we ride from that as, as, uh, before mankind, bro- brothers and sisters, then mankind, because mankind, and they acknowledged that that meant everybody, and we end up with the same unified word as we had before that we started with mankind. Except Satan wants to reverse man's role and woman's role, put her first. So we go to she or he to the word S slash H-E, which really is just she. So that now encompasses man. Reverse the order. Satan started this with words. The whole downfall was words. He went to Eve in the garden. He says, what did God tell you? He asked a question. Words are powerful. We have to understand that. The things change through that. So when our lady says children of man, she's making a statement. Actually, she phrased it where it's very difficult to put anything else there. And it's beautiful. And I don't want to go too deep in that because... I've written about that, and look what happened while you're sleeping. I'm going to write long, stronger about it because it's in the school saying that this is bad language, and, and, and it's part of the communist agenda. Read it in disinformation. I haven't got to that point, but this is the type of things they do. It's what de- the Satan did in the Garden of Eden. Don't be saying brothers and sisters are he. The Scripture says brothers, and it meant women. They were not excluded. They were included. It was oneness. This new language thing divides, then conquers, 
and brings it back to one under Satan's banner. The Roman is to rule the world. Follow the woman. That's not the way it's set up. You can like that or not like it. God, I didn't, I didn't do it. God did it. Adam was here first. And even when you go through a door or a store and you open the, the door for a woman, you're in front of her to open the door. She came out, out from underneath God, Adam's rib, out from underneath his arm. He's under, she's underneath that covering. And so Satan reverses this. It's just, it's just words. Well, Jesus is the word. Don't think that's the first attack to Satan. So we see these things happening. We see these things in understanding that God really is coming back. And everything is based in changing the language. That's where it all starts. And that's what we have the schools, the professors, and all these things that come up with these agendas. And again, the book Disinformation, I'm sure, is going to go deep into these things, how they, how they produce this. It's a, it's a dead end. And you can fight that. Don't ever write that. Don't write he or she. Just say he. It means both boys and girls, men and women. Don't be divisive. Because that's what it's about, to drive a wedge between the man and the woman when God doesn't see it that way. We're to be united together. We have the promise, of course, where God is calling us back to this oneness, to adversity, to unite us. And Jesus himself is the sacrifice that was broken open to welcome our hope. I mean, when he bled water through his veins, when, he, when water poured forth, after there's no more blood in Jesus, and he's bleeding water through his veins, and he's calling out to his mother, she's coming just the same way, except she couldn't even do for her son what she's doing for us. She's come to save us. She couldn't do that for her, husband, her, her, her son. She heard Jesus calling from the cross, she was calling, let me hold you. And all she got was a naked body that fell from the cross into her arms. How sad. And yet she's coming to us, who are really naked, weak, and wretched people, that clothe us in holiness. Natural, holy, divine, she says last month. And this is a beautiful thing that we have an angel really coming from heaven above all the angels. The angels subject themselves to her. She's before the Trinity and offers us something in our wretchedness that she couldn't even do for Jesus when he was hanging on the cross. Weary, beat, the holy water that came from his side, from his veins, and all that beauty that that was supposed to be in its ugliness. Maria herself couldn't even look upon because Our Lady veiled Jesus' face when she was coming down the mountain the second day because it was too horrible to show these 16-year-old kids. A beauty that he did for me, he did for you, that we can't even look upon it so hard. And yet, we're being spared from that with her as a mother, coming to us with this great sacrifice of his transferred to us to mitigate ours. Who is this angel sent here to change me? 
sent here to take me where I've never been. Long I have wandered, weary and waiting for something to shake me and life to begin. Holy water from my own veins, come and save me where I. Has broken me open to welcome the hope that you bring. Can you hear me calling? Come, let me hold you, naked and falling. Into my arms, with every breath in my body, the sweetest surrender is losing myself in all that you are. Holy have something very profound with this message also that we haven't spoken much about. But God's promise, the last promise, we have staring in our face in our history at this moment, living in this fortunate time to see things biblically that's coming our way. Three admonitions, a sign left on the mountain that last will last in the time. But all this is for man to be prepared for the last promise, the second coming, the coming of Christ himself. What a wonderful thing. What a tremendous thing. What a horrible thing, a horror-filled thing that can happen for those who have not accepted the Christ. 
Medjugorje's preparation for that. The trials we'll go through, the three admonitions, is all in preparation. Laura Hillenbrand wrote the book Seabiscuit. Many people say, I saw the movie. The movie is nothing. It's just a very narrow window of what really happened with this horse. Horses are tremendous creatures. I trained when I was in high school. My wife got married in a cast because she broke her leg before that on horseback. A lot of my injuries have come from horses. I tell people, if you're going to get horses, you're going to get hurt. But they're magnificent creatures, beautiful creatures, something you can dream of. They carry your souls away. They take you to many places. And throughout man's history, they're part of him. They're a gift from God. They blow and go like with the wind. I've been on horseback, on a thoroughbred. I couldn't believe the speed they could turn on. That's after riding for many years. There's something in them, something feeling 1,100 pounds underneath you. They have power with no saddle, and you're just, your skin on their back. Feeling that muscle, that power, is a sign of strength, a sign of being part of something. And you'll know if you've ever ridden horses that when you become one with them, because that's something that is a breakthrough, you feel it. There's something supernatural about it. So it's an incredible thing when you see the promise of Christ coming back, how he comes back. Revelations 19.11 says, Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. He who sat upon it called Faithful and True. And in his righteousness, righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems. And he has a name inscribed which no one knows but himself. He is clad in a robe, dripped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, linen, white and pure, followed him on white horses. Can you imagine that? Jesus coming back with armies of millions on white horses? Beautiful. Whatever the scriptures mean, that Jesus or the Word of God would put horses in describing this with Christ the power, the might. He's coming back with his majesty. From his mouth issues a sharp sword with which he smites the nations and will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress, the flurry of the wrath of God, the Almighty, on his robe and on his thigh. He has a name inscribed, King of kings and Lord of lords. Are you going to regret it when the, Christ, when the horses come? to take you. Can you forget that? Can you forget this Bible verse? No. Not even in your dreams can you do that. And I don't want any regrets. I don't want August 25th, 1987. Soon will come a time you'll admit for the messages. I want to get my all. I want to be my all. I want to follow Our Lady. Even when I fall, I want to get back up and start again. 
If not, you'll wake up crying. From what we might think of the dream so far, but our lady's here, I'm telling you, for these 32 years to prepare the people that will be reading these messages and what we live today of how they'll live and what they'll be doing standing there watching those horses come. And it's the last night for it. Last night I dreamed of horses Coming for my soul Taking me to places
Since you're here to creation, Colin, our lady's preparing us for the second coming just as she came 2,000 years ago. We're the people who will be looked at and looked upon and sought after as a witness how we made it through this time that they may make it through their time. Make way for the Savior's coming on horseback. All around the world, creation is calling. Don't be entangled in the trappings of this world. Be ready. Have no regrets. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. to be fun guys is a night ride there's nothing more fun than going on a moonlight ride let's go tonight let's settle up <laughs>